brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds. 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 It's time for more Suds. It is definitely time for more Suds on this episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here at the table, good old boy Mike, and joining me here at the table is good old boy Dave. Hey, kids. And good old gal Juliana. Hiya. Uh, good old boy Jason. Howdy, y'all. And good old boy Shay. Hey there. We have a, definitely a full table to uh, have a great show. Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings, the home for all of your beer, wine, and mead knees. Home of the Mystery Box. You can get them online, www.craftbeerkings.com. Our Sud segments are all about beer, beer, and definitely more beer. Today's episode is all about laughing at Dave. <laughs> Isn't that every episode? <laughs> Plus a flight of beers from Wicked Weed Brewery based in Asheville, North Carolina. The mecca of craft beer on the east coast of the U.S. I am actually going to read our Sudge ratings for today. We are going to be tasting and discussing these beers from Wicked Weed and rating them with the Sudge ratings plus our signature building or signature, signature? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Toy boat. I need another beer. Our signature belching sounds. These have been sampled from fine North Carolina natives. Here are those ratings now. Number one. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Number two. Was that a belch? That sounds like a nice uh, North Carolina girl. <laughs> uh, number three is, ah, what a relief. That's a nice North Carolina. <laughs> that that's a Marion. That's 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 a Marion, that's a Marion quality. No, that's her North dad. Carolina. That's that's who that is. That's, take, that's take the North Carolina's dad. That's that's what that is. He's take going. Him. Yeah, he, he just left. Number four. A body should really not make that sound. One of our show favorites. <laughs> and number five. Listen to that hang time and give me another. I think I dated her once. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show is a brewery takeover episode. Are you sure about that, Dave? <laughs> Did she say yes <laughs> when you asked her out? <laughs> Did you Did you ask her to audition for? Could you please? Could you tell me how well you belch? You know, it's like. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're just not. You're not worthy. In, in you know, in certain parts of the country, that's like a mating call. <laughs> Guy hears that and he's like, "Oh, she's ready to go out." All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, so today's show is a brewery takeover episode. We'll be talking about beer from one brewery today, and that is going to be Wicked Weed. I just, uh, I absolutely can't wait for this show. Uh, you know, this has been uh, planned, you know, for a long time, and uh, this is. A brewery that uh, I'm really glad we get to not only talk about the beers, but about the brewery itself. So, 
Uh, you know, we always have lots of cool stuff to sample and review, but I could barely hold off drinking all these beers before the show today. It was very, very tough. I kept on looking at them like, mm, I'll just have that one. What's, instead of all those beers, I'm just, we're just, I'm just going to drink that one today. Nah, mm-mm. I was good. I, I left these alone so we would have all of them for the show. We're going to have a brief overview of uh, Wicked Weed to talk about today, and then we'll discuss the following beers from Wicked Weed. This is a very small sample of what is available through Wicked Weed, so do not uh, think that this is by any means an exhaustive coverage of beer from them. Uh, Here are the beers from Wicked Weed. Serenity, Amorous, Genesis, Take Take, Bredescent, and Dark Arts are the beers that we're going to go through from Wicked Weed today. Juliana has the overview on Wicked Weed, while the rest of us are going to try to trip her up covering this material. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, that is not a personal invitation for you, okay? I'm sorry, you've already laid it out, so here we go. All right. Yeah, right. Okay, so Wicked Weed is all about making great beer, of course. Two families, the Guthies and the Dickinsons, created Wicked Weed out of their passion for full-flavored beer that at the same time was all the rage on the West Coast. So, pretty cool things have happened from early on. Luke and Walt Dickinson are homebrewers that got hooked early on with these styles of beer. Luke met a girl, of course he did, who happened to live in Delaware. They moved to Delaware, go figure, and he ended up getting in with Dogfish Head. Yay! Actually, his first all-grain batch was with Sam Calgione, which is pretty damn cool. And from there, he ended up kind of working his way in, doing some interning at the Dogfish Pub and then running a tour program. At that point, both Luke and Walt had been pretty aggressively brewing for a good while. Um, Walt had gotten to a point where he was excited to do something new, and obviously Luke and Walt had a passion for craft beer. Why do I feel like I should be in Kentucky talking about this or something? (laughs) Because they don't make high-quality sounds like this. (laughs) You can't get quality burping like that, you know. Okay, so we started talking so we started talking about well, you know, what if we opened a brewery? That mm. was their thought. I'm I got married to the widow next door She'd been married seven times before And everyone was an Henry Henry! Wouldn't have a willy nor a son Outside! I'm a right old man, I'm Henry Henry the eighth I am Second verse Second time! Well, that song has something to do with the next part of the story, doesn't it, Juliana? It does, and thank you for that wonderful interlude It's a very unique brewery name, and so here's the story behind the name Wicked Weed. The story is that a great Henry VIII proclaimed that hops were wicked, pernicious weeds in the early 1500s, and they weren't to be used in English ale. So, Wicked Weed just felt that just felt that that was a great kind of inspiration for them as a brewery. I mean, what the hell? It kind of represents what they want to be. It's always great to have a villain, you know, and King Henry is such a great villain. Very much so. Yes. So, Jason, I know you've been to the new Funkatorium. Um, I just love that name and the fact that they probably beat out Brandon Jones to the punch on that phrase. So how was it? 
Oh, that was outstanding. That was uh, probably one of the highlights of my trip to Asheville recently. Um, we were able to uh, take a tour, which uh, at this point they're, they may be doing that in the future, but they weren't really doing tours of the facility itself. They've got a great old world kind of farmhouse theme tap room there, uh, lots of community tables, great bar area, etc. Quite a few beers on tap, not only their sour and wild and, and funky beers, but a few of their eh, clean beers, if you want to call them that. That they uh, that that they bring down from the the main location just a few blocks up the road, but uh, currently they've got about uh, 600, a little north of 600 barrels in uh, in rotation in the in the barrel program. They bring down the wort from the main location. They don't ferment or brew at the uh, at the main at the uh, funcatorium. They bring all that wort down into uh, some stainless vessels they have on site. They age it out and then they barrel it. And then they actually pump back out of the barrels into stainless to blend and get their blends done, and then uh, go ahead and bottle from there, uh, or or keg obviously as well. But um, Mike mentioned that this what we have today is just a bare sampling Very of all so. their their products. Uh, some of their some of their beers, their their sour or lambic style beers that they do, their American sour beers. Uh, they're not even bottling those at this point. Uh, I tried one there that was their Kiwi Morte which is a third in the series of their Morte uh, beers, which uses a pound and a half of fresh kiwis uh, per gallon. And then they age this for eight months in white wine barrels. And uh, they leave the skin... I want. Yes. They, they leave the skins on the kiwi to get a depth of character and, and from, from that fruit, not just the meat of the fruit, but they also use the skins. Yeah, it brings like that bitter earthiness, mm -hmm. you know, you get mm -hmm. on kiwi fruit, yeah. It was an outstanding beer. Um, they also, I thought one thing they did was interesting. They have a, I, I would hesitate to call it a mother, but it is almost that, that concept. They have something called their Cosette Sour Blonde that is, uh, they have quite a bit of that on hand. And they blend that into a lot of their other beers for the souring component. So if they have a beer that, it, like one of the ones we have today, is a blend of sour and Brett-based beer, Brettanomyces-based beer, so that they're blending that Cosette Sour Blonde back into some of their other beers for that that uh, lambic, if you will, or sour uh, character uh, mm. to get it that in the beer. Uh, the other thing of note that they had, we were able to sample their black angel which is the first in a series of their their angel series they're going to do uh, white angel red angel uh, and i believe there was another one in there as well i forget the name of that one actually the uh the black angel was a cherry sour a sour black ale uh, with a pound of sweet and tart cherries per barrel and then aged uh, all of their beers they say are aged anywhere uh, up to a year or more uh, 8, 10, 12 months in most cases. Mm. So it was a really nice facility. Uh, one of the gentlemen there, Jesse, was uh, gave us a nice little behind-the-scenes tour. And, uh, you know, they uh, just a great feel to the to the, the tap room and the pub and the, and the facility itself. Well, uh, Juliana, Dave, and I were privileged to really spend a first-hand uh, time with Wicked Weed and um, Abby Dickinson, who is actually the uh, wife of the brewer, um, at uh, GABF's uh, media uh, luncheon, and uh, the interesting thing about that luncheon is they they obviously they serve beer, um, but 
the beers that they're serving, it's almost like a prelude to who's going to meddle and do well, you know, yeah. at the show as well. And uh, so it was really interesting that we actually got to hear Abby talk about the Funkatorium because it was opening right about that same time um, last fall. Um, October 10th of last year, actually. Um, And uh, we actually had two two of the beers from them there at the table, and actually we have two of them right here. It was Genesis and Serendipity, right? Serenity. Serenity, I'm sorry. Serendipity, Serenity. It's all kumbaya. (laughs) You know, (laughs) Hold my hand, Dave. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it was really good to kind of get you know introduced to their beers, but you know it was uh, another one of those moments that uh, you know I'm I'm not really super keen on always talking about the story of the brewery or frankly the brewers because that's not what you're buying when you go you know to the store. It's about what's in the bottle at the end of the day. But I will say that they're in that group of brewers that the passion that they have for what they do it really comes forward in a lot of their products and we really i enjoyed hearing from abby Mm -hmm. you know firsthand and she wasn't selling it i mean you know there's some people you can tell when they're trying to sell it there's just a natural passion you know that she has for uh what she and her husband are doing and i'm sure it still feels like work, but it didn't look like work, you know, when she was there. So, yeah, Je- Jesse, who led the tour that I took there at the Funkatorium, was much the same way. He was he was interested in us getting the opportunity to try this stuff. He wasn't trying to to sell us on the idea of Wicked Weed or the Funkatorium or anything of that nature. He was excited that they, we were there to get a chance to try this stuff that they loved creating. Mm. Well, uh, we have a little bit of extra time here, and one of the other topics I wanted to cover was uh, Shay and I were we were talking before the episode, and he asked me, he said, "Well, so where did you get the wicked weed?" <laughs> and it was really it was like six different stories, you know. It took to assemble, you know, these beers because um, their dis- their distribution is uh, really tight, isn't it, Shay? It's very tight. They uh, they like to stay where they can control most of it. Uh, it's very hands-on. Uh, they don't like to expand outside their comfort zone. and It's very, very localized. They don't really expand farther than what they need to. Well, the other thing that uh, catches me is that they distribute most of their bombers in 500 milliliters um, and not in traditional 750s. And I had this long conversation with another brewer and that's fairly in you know close proximity and you know my basic conversation you know about that was i, I don't get that uh it doesn't make any sense to me especially for the retailer because the retailer wants to maximize the amount of revenue that they have for the shelf space and shelf space is at a premium well the thing is is if you're dropping a 500 milliliter bottle as opposed to a 750 then the thing is, is I'm not going to make as much profit for the same square footage that I have, you know, in that retail space. I mean, do you know other brewers that are really going to commit to doing that type of yield management? Well, <clears throat> 750s traditionally don't do well in uh, retail environments. Uh, contrary to popular belief, it's the 12 ounce that rules rules the shelf. Huh. 750s traditionally, especially in Tennessee, not for Dave or me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
especially right. in Tennessee, um, 750s don't do very well at all. Uh, when you go to sign somebody, there are several breweries that only do 750s in keg uh, out of St. Louis, Second Shift Brewery. Um, they do only uh, large format. Mm-hmm. So in a market like this, 750s don't do well at all. So uh, as for like a strategy for somebody like that brand, somebody who only does 750s, your strategy's got to be uh, draft first, then package. You get somebody one in it, one in it, one in it, had it down here, had it down there, and then you slowly introduce package because if you introduce package first, it's 750 milliliters. It's a commitment. It's a, hey, I have 750 milliliters of beer that I have to finish. Yeah. That's almost three three glasses of beer where you and I mean, it's not, not much for me, but as the That's average. That's a good start. Right. <laughs> but the well, average uh, average beer aficionado nowadays wants the newest and greatest thing. They don't want to sit down with 750 milliliters and have to finish it and still be, you know, uh, committed to that. They can finish the 500 mils or three seven fives mm-hmm. and go on to something else. So, uh, you know, I, I happened to notice that I, I left the uh, price tag on several of these bottles because I actually bought. Most of these are traded, you know, to, to get them here. Um, any reaction to the price point for a 500 milliliter and that you guys, did you think it was, I mean, you were tasting spot the beer on. now. It's spot on for what uh, what it is. Yeah. I mean, you have to you have to consider what what it what you're what you're consuming i mean um you know on the average nowadays anything from 22 ounces will run anywhere from 9.99 to uh upwards to 18.99 22.99 of that nature so i mean you're talking about 8.99 14.99 for a 500 milliliter from somebody who produces a very 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 small small amount mm. so i mean it's it's good for what it is and it's good pricing um, I haven't heard anything about uh, any uh, production increase out of Wicked Weed after they constructed the Funkatorium. I think that that was, you know, that was like their next big move, and that was really more of an expansion of fermentation space than really brewing capacity. Have you guys heard anything about them changing either contract brewing or, God forbid, I don't think they would ever do that. But anyway, have you heard them expanding at all? And with so many big breweries now in their backyard. Um, you know, I got to believe that they're kind of walking through, especially Mills Creek, and going, "Oh man, I like this." <laughs> well, they mentioned that briefly when I was there, not in terms of of wart production, but in terms of you know, they did mention the the room that they had for increased barrel count in the uh, in the Funkatorium. So they do have plans to slightly expand the the current capacity of the funkatorium in other words they've got room for more barrel racks Mm. Uh, they did recently add another stainless tank in the funkatorium to to hold and blend but they are uh, i I, they did not mention any increase in in production targets Um, one thing i was kind of interested in or that was uh, that stood out to me was the just the the wide variety of barrels they had uh, they were doing, uh, and it's present in what we are sampling today. They had white wine barrels, uh, red wine barrels. They had, I believe it was rum, and uh, I believe there was a sherry or port. I can't remember hmm. uh, as well. Barrels. There were bourbon barrels present. 
so they're trying, uh, you know, quite a bit, uh, quite a big variety of, of barrels in the in the program as well. But I didn't hear a lot of ex- expansion beyond increasing the number of barrels at the Funkatorium. Well, that's it. We're going to wrap this episode. I'm leaving now. <laughs> well, we are going to take a uh, quick break here, and uh, we'll, we'll be right back. We're going to start talking about some of our beers that we have from Wicked Weed uh, right after this break. Welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I am your host, good old boy Mike. This is a brewery takeover edition on Wicked Weed. We have several beers that we're going to be talking about from Wicked Weed today. If you uh, lost track of the list from earlier, let me go through it, uh, the whole list uh, one quick time with you. It's Serenity, Amorous, Genesis, Take Take, Bredesen, and Dark Arts are the beers we're going to go through from Wicked Weed. So uh, what we've done is uh, we've had a chance to taste all these beers. And what we've done first is we have come up with our top three. And we are going to go around, talk about our tasting notes around the top three. And uh, then we're going to go around and talk around one more beer from each of us as well. So you will probably hear about all these beers at some point in time today. So up first, our uh, let's see, you want to go three to one or... Or uh, one to three. Any choices? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Dave says, get to the point where we start drinking beer. (laughs) Do this. Let's get get going. I tell you what. Let's go from three to one. How's that? All right. So our number three pick is going to be Genesis. So let me uh, introduce this beer uh, to everybody. Genesis uh, Blonde Sour is um, has an ABV of uh, 5.6%. Here is the description from the brewery uh, as well. This ale is a uh, 5% uh, ABV in our first venture into barrel and American wild ales. A Blonde Saison based similar to that of, uh, of a Saison, a Blonde Saison. Similar to that of Saison. It's kind of like redundant. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't write this. Uh, let's see. It's fermented in our proprietary Wicked Weed uh, strain. After fermentation, we move the beer into uh, Petit Verdot barrels. I like the sound of that. From Rockhouse Vineyards and added mango, papaya, and guava where it sat for six months. This ale is tart with tropical notes, musty hay, and citrus. The tartness of this sour is moderate, and the dry fruitiness makes this beer a great palate cleanser and pairs well with delicate dishes. Um, let's see. It is actually 250-pound batches of papaya, mango, and pineapple guava in each of the barrels for 5 to 12 months. So that's a lot of fruit, man. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere north of 20 pounds per barrel wow. of fruit. Mm. Nice. So, uh, Shay, what do you think about this beer and your sedge rating? Um, it's a nice, it's a dry, it's a good dry sour. Uh, citrus, it's good uh, domestic sour. Uh, would I put it against some of the other sours in its category? Probably not. Um, 
I mean, I love Wicked Weeds sours, but a lot of times when they get into the uh, the production, like he says, they all have a very similar characteristic. You can taste the fruit. The, the passion fruit is the first thing you get on most of their saisons. So for me, this is a, a good dry sour, uh, huge citrus notes to it. Um, I like it. I put it a three. Hmm, a three. Uh, what a relief. Good old boy. Jason, what do you think about Genesis uh, Blonde Sour? I really enjoyed it. I got, uh, in addition to the tropical notes that are they're very obvious, I mean, you just can't get around the, the tropical fruit in the nose and the taste. I also got a little bit of peach uh, out of the nose as well. Uh, I didn't consider it uh, terribly sour. I could uh, definitely feel and taste the, the white wine character coming through from the barrel. Um, uh, just solid all-around beer, um, moderate sourness, moderate funkiness from the Brett. Uh, I gave it a four. A four? How about yeah. that? Uh, uh, Body should not make that sound. Juliana, what did you think about uh, Genesis here? I liked it, I, although I, I have to admit that it wasn't as sour as I was hoping it would be, um, it, you know, for what the label claimed it to be. Um but and there was a hint of sweetness in there. Um, I, I got quite a bit of fruit into it, um, and very crisp, very very crisp. Um, overall, a good beer, and I gave it a three. Three, uh, what a relief, Dave. What do you think about uh, Genesis Blonde Sour? Well, you know, Mike, um, they say gentlemen prefer blondes, and I'm nothing if not a gentleman. Uh, I've known many blondes. Yeah, some. Really. I'm sorry. That was. <laughs> So obvious. I'm sorry. I thought this was it's like walking into the buzzer. I thought this was Dave time. Um, anyways, so I've had a lot of blondes. Uh, some were sour, some weren't. Uh, but uh, that's another story for another show. So uh, this one, I'm like everybody else. I got a lot of fruit. Uh, I, I really enjoyed the uh, the Christmas that I think the the, the wine barrels brought. Uh, and I, I felt like there were, it finished with like a, a very nice little bite to it. So they kind of lingered on my palate. I gave it a four. A four? A body should not make that sound. Well, my uh, tasting notes on Genesis uh, Blonde Sour. Um, I wrote down uh, two words. Uh, sour Lemon Wedge. <laughs> um you know, I think that if you had taken a lemon wedge and dipped it in white wine and then stuck it in your mouth, it'd be this beer. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's just, um, I think for me, it was just a little too one-dimensional. Um, and, uh, you know, after reading through that description, which I didn't read the description before I tried the beer, um, I find it hard to believe that there's there's that much sweet fruit. Uh, in it, I would have thought that the combination of the mango and papaya would be more pronounced, and I would have thought it would have been even sweeter, um, you know, than it's presenting itself. So, anyway, I thought it was a great beer. Uh, my sedge rating for Genesis Blonde is a three. Ah, uh, what a relief! And so that is our first beer. All right. Uh, <laughs> the. Um, Next beer uh, is going to be our number two pick, and it is going to be Amorous is going to be that beer. So let me find that sheet. Hang on a second. Vamp. Make a joke while I find this page. Here we are. The full name of this beer is Wicked Weed Royal Cash, or is it Cachet? Is it Cash or Cachet? I'm going to go with 
Cash. Cash. Hey, uh, we're, amorous. We're in North Carolina. It's cash. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Royale. Royale with cheese. <laughs> Royale with cheese. That's what it is. Uh, let's see. The uh, classification is sour wild yeast, wild ale. I'm sorry. Um, the ABV on this is 6.9%. And here's the description from Wicked Weed. Amorous is uh, defined as being in love and enamored. But no one can doubt that Wicked Weed is in love with sour and hoppy ales. This bottle is a blend of both bread and sour barrels, dry hopped with a bouquet of American hops to accentuate the tropical and citrusy profile of each base beer. Noel is more Wicked Weed than Amorous. So that is our number two pick once again. Shay, what do you think about this beer? Um, of... Of the dry hop sours that I've had, uh, it's you know it's no Cantillon uh, Iris, but uh, if you were to make Cantillon Iris in the U.S. of a dry hop sour, this would be probably about as close as you can get. Hmm. Uh, it's funky, uh, horsehair, uh, horse blanket, dry hop, uh, tropical fruit. I give this. Uh, it's plenty of carb to it. I mean, there's plenty, plenty of carb. Uh, I give it a three. Three. Uh, what a relief. Good old boy Jason, what do you think about uh, Amorous? Well, I really enjoyed the the American hop, the citrus hop blend into this beer. Uh, I thought the sourness was a little on the low side for me. I didn't quite uh, get as much sourness as I would have liked. I think maybe the, uh, the, the Brett a little overpowered the, the sour uh, character of the beer. Uh, but, uh, but again, that... Uh, both in aroma and flavor, that that's American citrus hop, the big sea hop flavor and aroma came through strong. I enjoyed it. It was uh, uh, something I haven't really haven't really had much else with that kind of character in it. I gave it a four for my suds rating. Uh, about that, uh, a body should really not make that sound. Juliana, what do you think about Amorous? I love this beer. This is like barnyard happiness to me. Hmm. Um, it, you know, it's grassy, it's citrusy, it's it's got that perfect degree of sourness. It it just was great. Yeah, exactly. I can't stop drinking it. Damn it. Um, I give this a four. A four. A body should really not make that sound. Dave, what do you think about Amorous here? Well, Mike. Um. <laughs> do tell, Dave. Do tell. No, uh, I, it's, to me, this was the right blend of funky sour citrusy um it was just a, a very drinkable beer and as it warmed up while we were waiting to talk about it i, th- I think that the uh that it really came out a lot more a lot of the characteristics really came out a lot more uh so i really enjoyed it and i gave it a four a four uh, a body should really not make that sound <clears throat> uh my tasting notes here on royal cash uh amorous are very simple it is sour with citrus <laughs> and I'm rating it a three. How about that? You get in and out of that one fast. All right. So we're first. Uh, we're th- through our first two beers. We're down to our a number one pick. And of course, you know, there's always somebody that has to have something in this. I gotta have more cowbells, baby. <laughs> Guess what? I got a fever. And the only prescription is more cowbell. That's a North Carolina cowbell. <laughs> All right, our number one pick is going to be Dark Arts. 
How about that? Yay. So, uh, there's a there's a story that goes uh, behind uh, Dark Arts here. And uh, so, this particular beer is a very limited release. It's allocated. You have to uh, get in a raffle. And, you know, you're uh, there's a lot of pieces, you know, to the pie in order to to get this um and the only reason why i have this this bottle to talk about is because i ended up trading a similar beer that was allocated to trade that beer to finally get the dark art so it was like a three-way trade to you know finally get to this um so why am looking for this sheet it sounds is, like the nba kind of <laughs> uh i'll know man i got traded i don't know what i'm doing here <laughs> So, uh, Dark Arts is a is also classified as a sour wild ale. I have no idea why, because it is definitely a uh, a stout for sure. Um, it's definitely deep and sticky. Uh, it is uh, that's interesting. It is definitely not a sour wild ale. It's an imperial stout. Uh, the ABV on this is any guesses? Well, you guys all have a sheet with me, but if you had guessed, would you have guessed that it would have been that high? No, not at all. Fifteen percent. No, it ABB. doesn't taste. It's not. It doesn't taste that. Yeah, big. it's definitely hidden in it. Uh, so uh, the, it's a very simple uh, description. It's a bourbon barrel aged uh, imperial stout. Again, this is a, an allocated beer. Uh, it comes out every November. Does that sound right? About right, somewhere in that neighborhood. So. Sure. <clears throat> there are a lot of uh, imperial stouts that kind of hit that holiday, you know, period um, as well. So, uh, great beer, Shay. Uh, what do you think about Dark Arts? Uh, it was great. Uh, had a really good coffee nose to it. Uh, deep, rich flavor. Um, I didn't think it was fifteen percent at all. Uh, I wouldn't guess that. You know, you have guys that are like, uh, well, Goose Island's Bourbon Bourbon County is thirteen eight. And it's nowhere. It's a lot thicker and viscous than this. Yeah, uh, a lot more higher sugar. But um, I can see where they where they get the wild sour because there is a tinge of wildness to it. Uh, and I typically do not like dark wild sours. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. Uh, a tart of darkness. They pull it off okay out of uh, the brewery. Mm-hmm. But um, you know there are a few others that do a good job. But it's few and far between that you see somebody who actually makes a good dark sour Hmm. um on the ratings i gave this one a four a four Uh, a body should really not make that sound good old boy jason what do you think about dark arts yeah very enjoyable beer i got a touch of vanilla a little chocolate uh some deep plum or maybe some other stone fruit type uh, aromas on the nose um if i had to knock it on any one thing i would say there was a slight harshness the very back of the palate that may be where some of the uh, some of the the sour the wild funkiness comes in but uh, uh, it was it passed quickly that was my only one small knock on the beer uh, again I got uh, some of that vanilla that current plum that dark fruit in in some of the in the flavor uh, just a all-around good beer like I said like everybody said so far hides that ABV well it's it's smooth and, and and much better than you would uh, much smoother than you would think at, at that level that abv yeah. i gave this one a uh, suds rating of four four body should not make that sound 
good old gal Juliana. What do you think of Dark Arts? I love this beer. I mean, for those of you that have heard me before, I'm a big fan of stouts. I brew stouts. I love stouts. I am a stouty girl anyways. Um, but what was really nice about this is that there's just that hint of sourness. You know, because it's hard to pull off if you're going to add sourness to something like an imperial stout there's that fine line between maintaining the stout flavor and and the dark fruit flavor and then it getting overpowered by um by that tart so this was a really nice blend because i'm still able to get the dark fruits i'm getting that the vanilla bourbony kind of taste too um with just that slight hint of um of tartness it was great i gave it a four mm. A body should not make that sound. Dave, what do you think about uh, dark arts? Well, um, I think you you coined a pretty good phrase earlier, deep and sticky. I think is uh, <laughs> which sounds filthy, but um, actually it's fairly applicable. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Strippers unite. Sorry, I'd do that just for just for Shay. <laughs> Stripper anthem. He'd been waiting on that. He'd I been know, waiting. Right. A while. I was looking for the perfect excuse. I think we were all waiting. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I think everything that uh, the previous folks have said uh, rings pretty true. I, I, I think the barrel aging on this really did some nice work to it to soften it, um, and it does not taste nearly as big as it is. Uh, so I gave this beer a four. A four. Uh, a body should really not make that sound. Again, this was our number one pick out of the uh, flight that we have here. My tasting notes on Dark Arts are, uh, you know, I thought it was very bourbon forward. Uh, you know, one of the conversations we have about barrel-aged beer, especially things that uh, are uh, uh, bourbon or rum or whatever, is is the bourbon, you know, complementing the beer, is the beer complementing the bourbon, you know, in this very delicate balance, you know. And I thought it was a bit off kilter here. I thought the bourbon was a bit too forward uh, with this. Um, it was the first thing I noticed on the nose, and it was the first thing I noticed when I tasted it. So, um, very interesting comparison, you know, with Bourbon County, because I have to say, this is a, <laughs> this is a pretty good clone of, uh, you know, some of the Bourbon County beers, uh, for sure. Um, and, yeah, I don't have the same allocation issues, um, you know, with uh, that you do with this. So, um the other uh, tasting notes that I had around this are uh, it was uh, deep uh, roasty cocoa nibs and uh, uh, the one thing that you said Jason I, I really uh, when I went back and tasted I'm like yep that's definitely plum you're right it is it, there's a dark fruit uh, overtone to this as well and definitely plum I think is probably the dead on fruit you know for this um, you know the one thing I wrote down here is I just don't think it's worth it you know um with this being allocated and all the how tough it is to get this i you know, I, you know especially after you said it shay that how close this is to you know the bourbon county line i'd say it but you know it's just it'd be very tough for me to go back and uh, chase after this again but uh my sedge rating for this uh for dark arts is also a four so it's a really good beer uh, just a little tough for me to, to say, uh, wow, of all the steps and, you know, chess moves I had to make to get this, I don't know if I'm ready up for that again. So, See, I think this one would actually last a lot longer than Bourbon County. Yeah. Uh, and, and probably develop a whole lot nicer than mm -hmm. Bourbon County could ever hope to be. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but 
is it worth the the headache i mean it's it's worth it to whoever who wants it yeah if you want it bad enough you'll go get it if you don't want it bad enough you don't have to go get it so it's all depending on what you want yeah i agree well, uh, that covers our uh, top three out of this flight. So we are going to take another break here, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to each talk about another beer out of this flight uh, that we enjoyed. So we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I'm good old boy Mike. We're talking about a Suds show today. And it's a brewery takeover edition on Wicked Weed out of Asheville, North Carolina. We have a uh, flight of beers from Wicked Weed that we're going through today. We have gone through our top three. And now we're going to spend a moment and go around and each talk about one beer uh, that we that were not in the top three. So up first is going to be good old boy Shay. Uh, one that I thought was in the, a really, really nice representation of you know a great use of Brett was the Serenity. Uh, they did a great job of using the Brett, uh, even though it was a short finish to it, a very dry, dry, dry beer. Uh, huge passion fruit, huge barnyard notes with the Brett coming through. Uh, you know, overall, I thought this one right here was. I mean, it's a great stable. Uh, wild ale. It's not necessarily a, a all-around sour beer, but I would, you know, if I was going to do a wild farmhouse, this would be it. Uh, I gave this one a three. Huh, a three. Uh, what a relief. <clears throat> also, a really good beer, and uh, definitely uh, something that was uh, really caught my attention on several times. I mean, I remember when we tasted this in Denver. I've had several bottles of it since then. It even tonight. Uh, the one thing uh, that caught me with this is uh, there were a few of these that were carved up, and this was one that was you know, pretty carved up, but uh, it was good. It was still very light on the tongue. So, uh, good old boy Jason, uh, what beer do you want to talk about? I was going to talk about actually my least favorite of the uh, of the flight today, mm-hmm. and that was the uh, Wicked Weed Terra Local Take Take. Hmm. Um, this one uh, actually, this was a gusher for us when we opened this one up today. And uh, give you the description on this one. Take Take is a New Zealand hopped Britannomyces Saison made with local Riverbend Malt, uh, Riverbend Malt House Malt, and our house Brett strain. And uh, my notes on this I've had some really good New Zealand hopped beers. In fact, I've made a um, uh, pale ale with uh, New Zealand hops. And uh, turned out wonderful. Oh, it is the it hop right now. So. It is, but uh, this one, uh, uh, Nelson Savon, I think, is what I'm picking up here, and it is uh, that is a it's a hop that can get out of hand quickly if you're not careful with it. Um, and in this beer, that that uh, that New Zealand hop character, that Nelson Savon, was just a little bit too much for me. It didn't quite blend as well as I would like with the malt and with the 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 saison yeast, the Brett yeast that the, or that they used in this beer. 
Uh, I did, however, uh, the one saving grace for me in this beer was the malt character. I did like the malt character in this beer. I thought it stood out just a little bit more than a few of the other examples. I could still taste a little, almost like biscuity uh, character in the uh, in the malt. So. Uh, uh, on this one, I, I was struggling. I wanted to give it a, I wanted to give it a two, but it's really better than that, so I'm going to give it a three. Oh, okay. <clears throat> oh, what a relief. Um, so, you know, the the question I have uh, for you is, uh, do you think that the American palate has become homogenized, or I would say almost, uh, uh, yeah, homogenized to the point where we're really focused on. You know, like those five big, you know, hop varieties that are present, you know, here in the states. Because these New Zealand hops definitely are vastly different than what we have seen traditionally. You know, in a lot of beers. Um, I remember the first time I had something that was really, you know, had the New Zealand hops all over it was uh, I want to say it was Shafley. Um, they were really playing around with it, mm-hmm. and uh, or yeah, it's Tasmanian hop. Is that the Tasmanian you Yeah, had? that's it. Yeah. And uh, I remember walking away from that tasting going, I'm not really quite sure whether I like it. It's so vastly different. Uh, I don't know. I think with, with American hop heads, that may be the case. Um, me personally, I have lost a lot of my taste for hops uh, in the bigger hop beers. In fact, I cannot handle drinking uh, too many uh large IPAs or even Imperial IPAs these days, uh, something about the hop character just doesn't set well with me anymore. Um, and uh, so I've become a little bit more of a malt head these days. Mm. And um, so uh, I think in terms of hop heads, yes, the American palate may be a little, um, you know, focused on, too focused on the, 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 the Citra, the Centennial, the Cascade, the Sea Hops, if you will. Um, the the English, the German hops are vastly different. The New Zealand hops are vastly different. Um, I I prefer a lot of the milder, gentler, uh, continental European hops uh, uh, over the the big American hops. Mm. Uh, although I'm still, uh, you know, I still love Citra. Mm. It's hard for me to uh, to uh, turn down a Citra beer. Well, I think if they beefwaged, Beechwood aged New Zealand hops. <laughs> mm, wow. Anyway, I'm sorry. I couldn't resist. Juliana, what uh, what beer did you want to talk about? Um, I think the last in the series of what we had today is the Bredesen, mm-hmm. which um, the description says, this traditional saison is brewed using North Carolina-grown barley, wheat and rye from Riverbend Malt House and is open fermented. The beer is unfinished with Brett and bottled. Um, I wanted to like this, but I, I just kept having some weird flavor issues with it. Um, I mean, it's light and it's funky and I got this weird spicy tangerine thing going on, which I just thought was a little odd. Um, and I, I struggled with the number, but I eventually came up with the three because mm. I, it's a light flavor, I guess. Mm. I don't know. I just wasn't wowed. Very interesting. I have like a total, you know, uh, I, I only I wrote down this is the perfect bread. Um, and uh, I just love this beer. I've had it a lot. 
uh, I, I probably have easily had 15 bottles of this. And uh, it's just something I, I love going back to. Uh, maybe a little one-dimensional, you know. Um, and uh, But there's just something about the consistency of this beer that I really love. You know, it's very quaffable. Um, and I, I love going back to it. So, uh, Yeah, it is dry and crisp, uh, enjoyable. Is. I think that spiciness you I mentioned. the citrus balance. Yeah. yeah, that might be that rye. And, and in a lot of ways, you either mm-hmm. love rye or you hate rye. Uh, I tend to fall into the, not the hate, but I'm not a huge rye fan, and the spiciness that comes from rye usually does not sit well with me in my palate. Hmm. Well, cool. Uh, Dave, what beer did you want to talk about? Um, well, they already talked about them all, but... That's all right. All right. Um, well, I'll just say about the... Uh, you and I get Fielder's Choice. Okay, cool. Uh, then I'd like to talk about the new... Uh, Offering from InBev, I believe it's called Bud Platinum. <laughs> um, you know, okay, no. Um, I, I will just say about the uh, the Bredesen that um, when it was cold and we first tried it, I thought it was a good saison. I didn't think it was outstanding in any way, and there was uh, sort of an off flavor that I was picking up, and it may have been the the way the rye was playing in, but. Um, while we were talking about all the other beers and it had a chance to warm up, I, I do think it it uh, it developed sort of a sweetness for me that uh, it made it maybe not better, but but definitely interesting. I think some of the some of the uh, the, the the pepperiness of the rye and everything kind of backed off a little bit, and it actually became very very uh, enjoyable. Overall, I gave it a three. A three. Ah, what a relief. Well, you know, I think the one beer uh, I want to come back and, and talk about is Serenity. Um, you know, uh, I wrote down, this was dry. I love the lemon, you know, citrus uh, element around it. It was very light. It had a very heavy carb to it. This is one of the, you know, there were like two or three beers that I thought this had really heavy carb but i really loved you know this beer um i really the thing i was i wrote down champagne yeast with a big question mark because it had you know some elements like they had used some champagne yeast at some point in time with this because had a lot of the same qualities around it but i guess the this beer reminded me of a step down the melange path with uh, nebraska brewing which is a beer that we absolutely loved last year um and uh, uh do we pick that as our beer of the year we might have anyway um i'd love to have about another 10 bottles of it i know that for sure um yeah. just a great beer and thing is is that that beer is uh it's aged in a white wine barrel and um it's just something that uh it, it presents itself very well, and I really loved it. My Sedge rating for Serenity is a four. A body should really not make that sound. So there was one thing I forgot to talk about uh, as we came back for break, and that is how people from North Carolina greet each other. <laughs> so, I mean, I wanted to talk about something, you know, from North Carolina that, you know, everybody needs to know. Don't date your sister. There you go. <laughs> but that wasn't quite it, Shay. I, I mean, I appreciate it, but so usually when you come up and ask them not about their sister is, uh, are you east or west? And, uh, you know, it's just like, uh, and if you have this dumb look about you, 
they're like yeah you're not from around here <laughs> so um the thing that they're trying to discern is exactly what type of barbecue sauce you like because that's what divides the state is there's one part of the state where they use tomato sauce and the other part where they use vinegar and so if somebody is asking about that when you're in north carolina now you know so mike are you east or west i am a uh east and that's the the that's the vinegar vinegar sauce yeah a boy a boy there you go <laughs> and you don't date your sister correct um negative dave <laughs> he had to think about it <laughs> i know you know it's uh, worrisome. Yeah, I just, it's just a lot of beer. You know, yeah. that's all I had to say. Uh, blame there, the beer. There was something that was hanging in the balance there for sure. Thank <laughs> you. Could be the uh, state theme song for North Carolina. Family tree goes straight up. <laughs> like a bamboo shoot (laughs) (laughs) what a great day with lots of great beer and really great friends and uh it's just been uh it's been a great episode talking about wicked weed we have some other shows planned to talk about wicked weed in the in the near future as well so if you've enjoyed our discussion about this brewery takeover on wicked weed keep your eye out we have some other things planned for wicked weed in this season as well so we'll have a lot of fun with that well, let's wrap up our show for today. Thanks to all of our listeners here at Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube Basement, uh, YouTube's Basement, right? <laughs> Toy Boat, uh, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. Our terrestrial radio stations are questioning every single day, going, "Wait a second, uh, am I east? Am I west?" Did I flunk that test? Hang on a second. Listen, send them some decent barbecue sauce and wrap it around a bottle of Serenity if you, and let them know that you'd like to hear this show on that favorite radio station. Send them a note. Copy us as well. You can reach us online anytime at info at sipssudsandsmokes.com. If you'd like to reach Dave, how can they reach you? Uh, send email and beer to leave the cork in at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every day. Our handle is at SipSudSmoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. A lot of our hosts are on Untapped here as well, so a lot of us keep our beer diary on there, except for Dave. And me. I can't figure out the uh, technology. <laughs> I know. It involves big buttons. <laughs> Sips, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings, the home for all your beer and wine needs. Home of the Mystery Box. You can reach us. You can reach them online www.craftbeerkings.com in El Monte, California. Do us a favor and take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help, and I get to take that feedback back to Dave and discuss his behavior modification program once again. It's not good. <laughs> I want to thank my co-host for being here. Good old boy, Shay, thank you for being here. Thank you, and always drink good beer. Good old boy, Jason, thank you for being here. Uh, Thanks for having me out today. I want to remind everyone to kick back and taste something tasty today. Good old gal, Juliana. Cheers, everyone. Good old boy, Dave. Send me beer. (laughs) 
this good old boy Mike, asking you to join us once again and to keep on sipping. This has been a one tan hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.